I just want to say one, welcome to Free Church, and I am so glad that you guys are here um, this morning, and welcome online, welcome Oklahoma, we're glad you're here. Um, Bentley, can you grab that stool for me? That's really why he's up here, he's just going to do everything I ask him to do. You're my assistant, that's right. Um, so Bentley's up here because he's going to share some stuff about camp, but before he does, I am going to give a little introduction and I have a couple announcements. So one, my name is Ladina. I am the youth pastor here at Free Church and we just had youth camp. And so we're going to have some people sharing some stories this morning. Um, but because I'm the youth pastor, I get to announce all the cool stuff that happens here, which is that youth stuff. So some important things that you need to know as youth or as parents of youth is one, every first Saturday, we have a Bible study called Free Fall, and it's just for students who really want to just dig deeper. Um, I have it at my house. It's at 1030, and if you guys, are, students are interested or if you want your students to come, again, it's 1030 at my house. I will give you the address. You just have to come ask me. Um, the next thing is that we are not having youth group on September 7th. One of our DNA statements here is that we do more by doing less, and we want to just give our students time to rest, get their first day of school under their belt, give you time to rest as parents. And so the first, uh, so September 7th, there's going to be no youth group. Um, the last thing is there's been a little bit of confusion about parent night. We've had several dates. That's my fault. Um, but the real date is September 14th at 630. It's parent night. And so the reason why we're doing that is because I really want to connect with you as parents. Um, I want to join with you and partner with you. And I want you guys to meet their, your students' small group leaders and know what we're doing this coming year. We want to smash things in your face. It's going to be great. So please come join your student support them as they go to youth group. And this is a perfect opportunity if your student is going into sixth grade and maybe hasn't came to youth group yet, this would be a great time to come check it out, see what we're all about. But that is all I have for you this morning um, for announcements. Um, so Bentley is going to share, like I said, we had youth camp. He is going to share um, how camp kind of impacted him. Um, we just want to give opportunity for our students to let you guys know how your support has really blessed our um, youth group. So here you go, Bentley. Good morning. Um, I feel like camp has really impacted me in a way that nothing else has, and my relationship with God has grown so much. There's a Bible verse. It's actually on the back of my shirt, but <laughs> it says, I wrote it down. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Um, and I feel like I haven't really been as faithful lately, and I feel like God's been pursuing me, and I finally look back, and I'm like, oh, you're there. And I've been questioning him a lot lately, but now I'm just, I really feel him. That's all I have to say. Thanks, Bentley. Here you go. Bentley. I'll just keep it. I got it. All right. And the next um, person that's going to share is not a youth student, but she is one of our amazing youth leaders. And God actually, it doesn't just, God doesn't just speak to the youth students. He actually speaks to the adults as well. And so um, Stephanie's going to come up and she's going to share something that God started a camp and then did something last Wednesday. And so I'm not going to steal it. I want to, but I'm not going to. So Stephanie, come up and share what you have to share. Let's give her a hand because she was there with your children. Yes, I had 12 middle schoolers. Luckily, I had an 18-year-old leader with me, but oh man, it was a lot. 
praise God. <laughs> um, so I, um, hi, my name is Stephanie. Yes, I am a youth leader, and I um, at camp, um, as she was saying, um, it not only impacts the students, but it impacted me as well. Um, <laughs> Anthony actually had a word for me, and he sat down with me, and I realized the next steps to to doing what I feel like God was calling me to do is to go into internship. Um, I actually have two jobs, and I work all the time, and I have a hard time trusting God, especially in finances, and I'm straight up about that, and I like to be comfortable. I am a planner. I am all these things, and I had to let go of that. Um, the one thing that Anthony told me that really stuck with me is you are not stuck because I felt very stuck, and I don't know if I can let go of a job, like what's going to happen. And that was all part of trusting God. Um, when Anthony was sharing that message last Sunday of laying your life to, to basically to God and he will take care of the rest, that is exactly what he did for me. So I have two jobs. I work at TJ Maxx and I work at a Montessori preschool. The Montessori preschool, I make more money. TJ Maxx, I don't. I, TJ Maxx is inconsistent hours, but I thought because it'll go with the internship, I'm just going to stick with that. And I'm going to go for a lower paying job and all these things. And I said, God, I'll trust you. So I go in to quit my monastery job, and before I do that, I'm praying to God, and I'm saying, God, I, I trust you. I, I'm laying all this out, and I'm sad that I have to let go of this job because I love working with kiddos and all these things. But I'm like, you know what, God, I trust you, and whatever happens, happens. I walk in, and I tell my boss, I share the story of how God is calling me to do this internship. And she's not a Christian. She's not anything. And she said, well, I don't want to get in the way of what God's doing. So guess what? You'll, I want you to stay, so I'm going to have you keep your job. By the way, you're getting a raise in two months. And on top of that, um, you, you can do the retreat. You can do anything you need to do for the internship. I'll let you do it. And if, any, if anything, if things don't work out or anything, you have a teaching job waiting for you if you want to get promoted. Like, it was incredible. Like, God really did that. Yeah, so for God, for if you ever feel stuck in fear, if you ever feel stuck, like, I'm telling you, give it to God, and he will literally take care of the rest, because I feel like this was God saying, trust me, and I got this. Thank you, Stephanie. I made her share, because I just thought that was so awesome to see God just work through that whole um, camp thing, and just that word and stuff. I was there for that, and it was really powerful. Um, Again, my name is Ladina, and I'm going to be speaking this morning. But before I do, I just want to pray and just open our hearts to what God has this morning for us. Um, it's going to be crazy, so hold on. Um, God, thank you so much for who you are. God, I just thank you that we can come here and open our hearts to you, Lord. I pray that you will just remove anything that's in the way of what you have for us, God. I pray that we won't leave here the same way that we came. God, I want you to convict us. I want you to break down the walls. I want you to get in there, dig out all the garbage, and put your truth, your love, your spirit in where it needs to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are wrapping up our, we wrapped up our Exodus series, and then we're doing freestyle. And so I've spoke on, like, freestyle. That's Nice. I like that. All right. And um, we are doing freestyle. And so whenever I get to speak on freestyle, I'm always like, Ugh! I actually like boundaries. That's something about me. I like to know where I can go. It's so much easier to do a message when you have, like, we have this planned all out. I um, not so much like, whatever God leads on you. So I'm like, good. That's good. Um, but God did show up. He always does, just as Stephanie was saying. Um, and so 
Last week, Pastor, and to this morning too, we talked about our Come Home series we're doing for Vision Week, and actually the whole next year, this idea of come home, this idea that you're never too far to come back home. Um, And immediately, my friends, my family, people that I've seen walk away from the church, from the faith, people that I've seen get taken out by the enemy, um, just keep popping into my mind, just bam, bam, bam. And I didn't really understand why until God, he likes to do, he's just so funny with me. He likes to wake me up like 2 a.m. sometimes, and I'm like so grateful about it. And I'm like, please just keep doing that. Um, but literally woke me up at 2 a.m. and was like, people can't come home if the house isn't ready. People can't come home if the house isn't ready. And that just cut me to my heart because there's two houses we're going to talk about this morning. There's our personal house, which is our heart, and then there's our church. And when I say church, um, I really am talking about free church. If you go to free church, if this is your church, this is what I'm talking about, this church specifically. And so this camp, as Bentley was saying, our camp, um, what is it called? I can't even think of what it's called right now. But anyways, the theme for camp, that's what it is. Thank you, was pursue. Thank you, Um, was pursue. And it was God, when he gave me that theme or that idea, it was all about um, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. And so I'm going to read that. Uh, For God, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will hear you. And verse 13 is, was the key verse for camp. It was, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I just this idea of that when we seek God with all of our heart, we will find him. And not just part of our heart, but all of our heart. And I know um, this passage is written to the Israelites. It's not a direct it's not directly for us. It was for the Israelites. But I do believe we can have some principles that we can live through this passage of Scripture. And I do believe it is for us today. But I know I'm aware that it was, like, directly for the Israelites at that time. But I do think that verse 13 still applies, that if we seek him, we will find him when we seek him with all of our hearts. And so this morning, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about seeking him with all of our heart. What does that look like to pursue God? How, does we get our, how do we get our heart home ready for those people that God is going to be bringing in to come home? How are we going to be ready for that? And I talked a little bit about this last week is that my message for camp, I did a breakout session about practically pursuing God. Ugh, that's a lot of peace. Um, practically pursuing God. And I did my message on Wednesday. I always do it on Tuesday. And then I had youth group on Wednesday. Then I prepared my camp message on Thursday and Friday. Monday or Tuesday was my first time of doing my message. I 30 minutes before I open it up, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm just going to read it over. And it was literally Wednesday's message saved over my actual camp breakout. So my whole message was completely gone. I searched every folder, every email. I could not find it. I wasn't freaking out at all. You guys know that I'm really cool, calm, and collected. And so I was just like, okay, cool. I knew where we were going. I knew what we were talking about. I had some verses. And then so getting ready for this, I'm like, I'm just going to open this file, camp file, da-da-da. Same file I opened at camp. There it was. My whole youth message was actually there. And so I'm like, okay, God, obviously this is for the church, not maybe the youth group. Some of the, Maybe it's for you guys. So, um, so I'm just going to be sharing some of that breakout session that I did. So if you were at one of my breakouts, just this is for you, double dose. Okay. But here's the deal. When we pursue God, it's 
it's easy. You can, we have Google. You can literally type how to pursue God, and thousands of things will come up, thousands of different ways. It comes down to three things. This is the foundation of pursuing God. And I'm going to read these things, and you're going to be like, duh. And as I say, duh, not disrespectfully because I did the same thing, but then it was like, well, if they're so easy, why aren't you doing it? Okay, that's a little different. Um, it's really hard then. Um, but really, it's read God's word, pray, spend time with God. And again, those are so simple principles. They are so simple. Then why aren't we doing it? Why are we in the state that we're in? Because we're not spending time with God, because we're not reading his word, because we're not praying. We're not actually doing that. And so I'm going to break down why is it important to do that. So the first thing we're going to look at is the Bible. So why is it important to read the Bible? Um, We're going to read in Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And when I read this passage, this is probably going to gross some of you out. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, anyways, I grew up on a farm. We butchered animals for meat, okay? And so my dad's knives were so sharp. I mean, they were like, you looked at them and you got a cut, okay? And so all I think about when I read this passage is it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the divisions of soul, spirit, joint, and marrow. I just picture my dad just hacking at that meat, trying to break apart those bones and joints and how hard that was. And we think about the Bible, and it says it's living and active. It is sharper. It gets down to the bottom of it fast. And so reason we don't read our Bible is because we don't like to be convicted. We don't actually really want to know what God's saying about how we're living. Crickets. Good. Um, so that's true. And um, so we don't want to know what we're doing is wrong. Why would we want to read God's word that's going to speak against all the fun or what we're doing? Why would we want to do that, right? And so I think about this, and it says that the Bible is discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Our hearts, truth, is, are ugly, and they're deceitful, and they're wicked. And sometimes we think we're doing things for the right reasons, but really, if we look at it and we, we measure it, our intentions against what the word of God says, it will reveal to us, oh, I was not doing what God said. I was actually, this was selfish. This was my own thought. And so the Bible has everything we need to know from being selfless, spiritual deeds, and acts that are godly and ungodly. The Bible tells us everything that we need to know. In Romans 15, 4, it says, For whatever is written in former days was written for our instructions, and through endurance, through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So again, the Bible is written for our our instruction, our endurance, and our encouragement that we might have hope. The Bible also gives us hope. When you're struggling, when you're, going, when you're having a rough time, the Bible is the source to give us hope and give us encouragement. Why would we not want to go to that? And then 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That is what the word of God is for. Why is it important to read? Because it is, the word of God is active and living. It was written by the Holy Spirit. It is our instruction book. It is our correction book. It is our teaching book. It is our training book. It is our encouragement. And it is what we need to survive if we call ourselves Christians. We want to live this life. You have to know what God's word said. I could be up here telling you all these lies. You wouldn't know if you haven't been reading it. I'm not, but you wouldn't know. Um, The next 
the next thing we're going to talk about is prayer. And I know we talk about prayer, and some people are really intimidated by prayer because they don't know what to say, or some people are like, thank you, Jesus, thou, you know, all these fancy words. It's, that's not what it's about. Prayer is about talking to God. Prayer is about spending time with him, talking with him. And in James 1, 5 through 7, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. It'll be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed in the wind. For, the, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So basically just this prayer, we can ask God for wisdom. We can ask God for things. But on the other side, God is not a genie, and you can't just ask him for things that will benefit you. We need to be praying in reverence and saying, God, how can I do this? And your will be done. And those types of things. So we're actually praying to God, talking to him. And I was telling my students, sometimes I'm mad and angry at God, and I yell at him. Guess what? His shoulders are really big. And he can take it. He knows our hearts anyways. He knows when we're mad. He knows when we're frustrated. He knows when we're angry. And he wants us to come to him with all those things too. Not just, God, give me this, give me this, give me this. We also need to be thankful and thanking him for things that he's already given us. And just have this communication. If you never talked to your friends or you never talked to your spouse or you never talked to your family, you wouldn't have a good relationship. So reading God's word is him speaking back to us and praying is us speaking to him and just having that communication and that relationship. It's like a conversation. Um, so I'm just going to go quickly over some verses here that what prayer that mention prayer. So in Matthew 6, 5 through 8, it says, don't be prideful or have meaningless words. God knows our hearts. So stop trying to impress him with your words. God isn't impressed by how fancy you talk. Listen to me. I'm up here speaking. You guys know I say things that are not always eloquent. So, but God's not impressed by that. He's, he's looking at our heart, just like what the Bible says. He's looking at the intentions at the heart. In James 1, 5 through 7, it says, asking God for wisdom and faith. In James 5, 16, being real with others about your struggles and praying for each other. That's why we do altar calls and say, hey, if you need anything, come up to the front. We want to pray with you. It's not being like, so you can come up and be like, oh, I have so much going on. It's because we actually care about you and want to help you get through it. And when you have people around you supporting you in community and praying with you, there's power in that. And when sin is exposed into light, it says that it can't stay there. And so having that, um, having that communication with your fellow believers and um, asking for prayer, and it's humbling, and it helps us grow as Christians. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, seek God's face, pray for our land. In Jeremiah 29, 12, praying to God, talking with him. In Romans 12, 12, constantly praying through tribulations when we need help. So prayer changes everything. The Bible says that if you, it will move mountains. It says if you have faith of a mustard seed, it will move mountains. People are healed. People are restored through prayer. Prayer is so an important part of our walk with our pursuit of who God is, of, of our pursuit of who Christ is. Prayer is so important. The last thing we're going to talk about regarding our heart home is spending time with Jesus. And I know we talked about prayer and reading the Bible, and you're like, geez, Ladina, how long do I have to stay with this Jesus? That's like hours. Listen, here's the deal. Sometimes when we're reading our Bible and we're praying and we're just talking and talking and talking, we just need to shut up and let God talk to back to us. Because um, I know it's not a nice word to say shut up, so if you're, I'm sorry. But sometimes 
We just need to shut up so God can talk to us. He wants to talk to us. He, the Bible says that he, has, he comes in a still, small voice. And if you're always yapping your mouth, complaining or griping or whatever we're doing when we're praying, um, he can't speak to us. We can't hear him. Um, he communicates with us in different ways. Doesn't always, it's not always an audible voice. Sometimes It's through his Bible, through hearing him, through others speaking into our lives. He communicates to us through different ways, but he wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. We just have to be willing to sit and wait on him and get, let him dwell inside of us and just give him just a minute. I think he deserves that, you know, just a minute. And being willing to say, God, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to wait here until you answer. Because I think we've forgotten that. I think we're in such a rush and a hurry all the time. And I say us, I just, I'm literally just talking about myself. But I want to include you so I don't feel so bad. But I think that we are in such a rush all the time that we expect God to be rushed. God, I have 10 minutes, so let's make this quick, okay? As I go through this drive-in to get my coffee. i got to make this quick. God doesn't work in our timing. God works in his own timing. And we have to be willing to wait on him. In Isaiah 40, 31, it talks about, if, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I don't know if you've ever went on a hike with me or a walk or anything with me. I get weary real fast, okay? I do not last. But when we're thinking about something like this, I just think about, like, physically I think about me going on a walk or hike, and I'm like, I'm weary after we get out of the car. But, but thinking about waiting on the Lord, they shall walk and not, or what does it say? They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not be weary. God wants to renew that strength inside of you. But in order to renew that strength inside you, you need to sit down and shut up and wait on him and let him tell you what to do. Let him speak to you. Get back to where we, where we need to be. Get back to that relationship that we need to be. Get back to actually pursuing him and not caring about this or that, but actually sitting, God, I'm going to pursue you. I want to pursue you, God. I want to spend time with you. I want to dig into your word. I want to talk with you. I want to actually let you speak back to me, God. I want to hear your voice. That needs to be our desire. That needs to be the desire of our heart. We need to get our hearts ready for who God's bringing. We're moving forward. This come home idea, we're moving forward. God is going to bring people that need us to be ready. If our hearts are not ready, we cannot pour out. If our hearts are not ready, we cannot minister to those God is wanting to bring in. He'll bring them somewhere else, and that's fine. But I believe God wants free church to be to let people come in and be a place where they can get freed from bondage and free from um, addiction and free from all those things. But if his people are not ready for that, he's going to send them where they will be freed from that. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that. I want God to use me. I know that sounds selfish, but I want God to use us as a church to reach this city, to reach this country, to reach this nation. I want God to use us. I want God to use you guys. I want to see you guys living out the calling God has on your life, but he cannot do that if you are not literally doing the three things that we are called to do. Spend time with him, read the Bible, and to pray. We have to be ready. It's time to stop sitting down and getting on the sidelines. It's time to step in and be ready for what God has for us because it is bigger than you can even imagine. And maybe you're like, hey, I'm old. I don't want to do all that, whatever. Then God's saying, pray. Pray for those that you don't. If you're not able to do it, pray for those that God is sending out. 
You still can pray. You still can read your Bible. You still can spend time with him. And you can pray for the people that maybe if you're not able to do something, people that God is sending out. I believe, and not just because I do youth, I do believe this next generation is going to be the generation that we're going to see crazy things happen. But if we're not helping them and raising them up and training them and being examples for them, that's not, that's not going to happen. We have to be the example. We have to be the, the ones that are standing there holding their arms up so they can go out and do the work that God's called them to do. And we need to be that church. We need to be that people. In Psalms 27, it says, wait for the Lord, be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And there are tons of verses literally in the Bible about waiting on the Lord. Um, in John 15, 1 through 11, there's this, illust- this parable that God, Jesus is talking about being the vine and the branches and bearing fruit. And if there is no fruit, he prunes it all. But if we want to bear fruit, we have to abide with Jesus. If you want to bear fruit, you have to spend time with him. How are you going to know what, what he wants for you if you're not spending time with him? He wants us to spend time with him always and be with him always. And so... Um, I just want to challenge us this morning. We're taking a break next week, but let's not take a break. Let's spend time with God. Let's read our Bible. Let's pray. And let's ask God to see how he wants to use us as this next season. If you call Free Church or Home, how are, God, how are you going to use me in this next season to reach people that are going to come home in my own life, my family, my friends? God, how can I reach them? How are you going to use me to reach the people that have been snatched out of your hands? How are you going to use me to reach people that have never heard about you? God, how are you going to use me to do these things? God, I want you to use me. That should, we should be want to be used. We shouldn't just want to come here, hear a sermon, that was so great, and then go get lunch. Like, that's not the point of Sunday, okay? The point of Sunday is to get us pumped up, get us ready to go out into the world, into our communities, and do what God's called us to do, and live out what God has called us to live out. That is the point of Sunday. So let me hear amen for that. So I take this water. Thank you. All right. So the three things, read the Bible, pray, spend time with Jesus. And I know those seem simple again, but... We'd actually need to do it. Not just read the Bible, like get our verse for the day. That's a great start, but study the Bible. What is it saying? What is this verse saying? Um, Pray, spend time with Jesus. I think I've talked about that enough. I don't want to beat a dead horse. But just let's start doing it and see how our lives will change. Let's actually just start taking these tiny, well, not really tiny steps, but tiny steps and see how God is going to use that to change who we are and who he has created us to be to reach others. So the next thing is the church home. And when I was thinking about this, this one was actually easier for me because um, for some reason the other one was hard for me to put together. But this one seemed a little bit easier because it's easy to look at the church and be like, oh, we're doing this wrong, we're doing this wrong, we're doing this wrong. But anyways, um, so I do believe that in, in what Jesus says in second, what God says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen that we need to be humble. Now, I'm also aware that this passage in the Old Testament was written for King Solomon right after he built the temple. God is telling Solomon that he heard his prayers and that if the people of Israel would just humble themselves and pray that he would heal their land. And I know that is a promise for, again, for Israel. I know that is a promise. Um, At this particular time in history is where the promises of the blessing and cursing that we just talked about in Exodus journey were kind of getting played out. Israel was far from God. They were living against God. They were living opposite of what God had 
told them in Deuteronomy or wherever it was in Exodus we were at about if you live this way, you'll be blessed. But if you do this, you're going to be cursed. And so they, it was playing out. And so again, God gives them a chance and says, hey, if you just do this, then I will heal your land. Um, and here's what I don't want us to do. I don't want us to think this is for America. God's going to heal our land because it wasn't written for America. It wasn't written uh, for wealth or prosperity. But instead, I want us to look at this verse as God's people, which we are, th- which we are through the new covenant with Jesus in- made in the New Testament. So we can look at this verse and we can say, this is for us as a church for the, the, through Jesus through Jesus and the new covenant he made with the New Testament of how we are adopted into the family of God. Instead, let's look at this verse about the mission of bringing God's message to the world and for us to live as God intended. So I'm going to read it. It says in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Looking at this through the church, when we call, we call ourselves Christians, we need to humble ourselves and pray and ask God for forgiveness from sin so that he can bring forgiveness and heal our hearts and heal our land. It's not about prosperity in material form, but spiritual effectiveness and ministry. It can help us live as God intended us to live and have the example of Christ to those who are lost. And I want to read um, this passage in 2 Peter. And I know I have a lot of verses this morning, but there's just so much that I want to, I want you guys to see how the Bible just kind of bounces off this idea of like healing our hearts, our heart home, and we need to heal our church home. We need to be ready for what God is bringing. We need to be ready for preparing our our hearts here as a church family and as our hearts and ourselves. And it starts with ourselves because if we're nasty, (laughs) ourselves are kind of nasty and our hearts aren't right, then we can't interact with our church family in the way that God's called us to interact with them. So 2 Peter is about um, a calling, our calling. And so 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9 says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Verse 4. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness, brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Verse eight says, if these qualities of yours are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse nine for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his greater sin. And so I'm just thinking and reading over this passage, and it's the status of our hearts. Our hearts, even though they're corrupt and wicked, they do matter. How are we living our lives? Are we living our lives so nearsighted and blind because we've forgotten that the sin God has cleansed us from? So we're able to look at that person and be like, no, thank you. 
No, thank you. How are we living our lives? Are we wanting to reach people as a community, as free church? Are you wanting to reach people? Are you just simply satisfied with our holy huddles on Sunday? Because I'm not satisfied with that. Our mission is, or in our vision, I always mess them up. But anyways, it's basically to reach people, okay? That's the mission of our church. That's the simplicity. That's one of our DNC statements. <laughs> it's to reach people with the love and the hope of Jesus. And we can't do that if we are so nearsighted that we have forgotten where God has brought us out of. If we're living so nearsighted. Because we should want that. Are we practicing faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love? Are we practicing those things as a community? Are we? We need to take some inventory, some self-inventory today. Verse 8 says, for if these qualities of your... For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful. So if these are increasing qualities, they'll keep us from being ineffective or unfruitful. We need to be faithfully pursuing Christ and being faithful with what he has called us to do. And and again, verse 9 says, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten where he was cleansed from. Again, we ha- if we want to move forward as a church, we have to be willing to remember our calling, remember where we came from, so that we can help others when, we, when God brings them in. Because we can't be judgmental. We can't be prideful. We can't be worried about position or worried about how this is going to affect us in leadership or worried about how we're, what we're going to do here or how this is this, this, this. It can't be focused on us, on I, 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 I. And if it's so focused on how it's going to affect me, how is this going to work with me, how can I do this, how can I do this, then check your heart because you need to get back to, like, God, how can you use me for this? Not how is this going to affect me, but, God, how can I be poured out? It can't be about that. So the truth remains that if God's people, his church, humble themselves, seek him, they will bring blessing to the world. There's not only hope for healing in a land, in the land. The only hope for healing in the land is found when people turn to God, looking to Jesus, who has never sinned. The hope of the world is not in policies or man-made systems, but it is found in the church living out its command to love God and to love others. And therefore, this is a nas- the national application can be applied in that verse about if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and seek my face, then I will heal their land. But it only comes through looking at the passage in its context first and understanding what God said. May the fo- this is really important. I want us to get this. Is may the followers of Christ who live in America and other nations in the world, as it is not just us, but the people who reflect this truth, humbling ourselves and seeking after God so that we can be his vessels and agents of reconciliation in this world. I don't know about you, but I want to be his vessel of reconciliation. I've walked through a lot of different relationships and seen that process of reconciliation in a lot of different areas. And I know God wants to use each and every one of you to be that vessel. And looking at this, again, this idea of coming home, and we can't not talk about the prodigal son, but I know we're going to talk about it in a couple weeks, so I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis of what it's about. There's this guy, two sons. One's kind of a jerk, takes all of his dad's money, goes and wastes away, prostitutes, partying, all those different things. He then realizes that he's dumb, comes back and be like, God, Father, I'm sorry, I sinned against you. I just want to come home. Um, 
But I really want us to focus on the older brother for a second because sometimes we get stuck in that in that mentality. And we don't usually talk about the older brother when we talk about the parable or the prodigal son. We usually only focus on the lost son. But I want us to draw our attention a little bit to the older brother. And I want us to say, am I, I want us to ask ourselves, am I the older brother? Am I the older brother? So in Luke 15, we're going to fast forward to verse 25. Read the, read the, you can read the rest of it on your own, but I really want to focus on this passage. In verse 25, it says, now his older son, the father's older son, the other brother, and as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called to one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Verse 27, and he said to him, your brother has come home, and your father has feel, killed the fatted calf because he, was received, because he has received him back safe and sound. Verse 28, but he was angry and refused to go in, refused to go to the party. And then his father comes out and entreated him. He said, he, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your commands, yet you gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fatted calf for him. Verse 31 says, and he said to him, this is the father saying to the brother, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. Verse 32, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and he is alive. He was lost and he was now found. And when I read that, it hit me kind of hard because I think sometimes we get stuck in that mentality, refusing to go in and celebrate, refusing to go into the party because we are angry, we are jealous, we are mad. Um, we are frustrated when things don't go the way we want them to go. We get offended so easily. Just get over it. I know that's easier said than done. I get offended all the time. But seriously, Ladina, get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about Jesus and what he's doing. We need to move past ourselves. Because God is going to bring people that need him. God is going to bring people in. We need to be ready and to be ready to celebrate and go to the party. Celebrate and go to the party. Our hearts have to be willing and open and not judgmental and dis disrespectful. Again, if we f only focus ourselves on not others, we'll have bitterness grow inside of us. And I don't want that for anyone. I've been to the bitterness um, party, and that is no fun. It will destroy you. Just like Pastor Anthony was talking about it last week, and I was like, oh, man, I hope that whoever he's talking about just receives that word. It's a really good word. Oh, just free them from bitterness, God literally asked somebody for prayer, and they prayed over me, and they prayed about bitterness, and I was like, oh, that was for me, duh. I'm full of bitterness and frustration in this one area. I didn't know that that's what it was. I, I didn't know, actually, that's what I was feeling, but it, it so corrupted me that I didn't even see it, and so God wants to use us, use others to reach others, but we have to be willing to get over ourselves and get over the bitterness that we may be feeling or going through. We have to be willing and prepping our hearts and be faithful in areas like giving. I know you hate when we talk about money. I don't care. I don't care. We need to give like God's called us to give. You need to be faithful in your tithes and offering because if the church doesn't have money to do the things the church needs to do, the church will shut down, bottom line. 
And that's our responsibility as believers. If free church is your home, it is your responsibility to get the mission and the gospel out. And it is your responsibility to be doing what God's called us to do. And he says to bring the tithes into the storehouse. And this, if this is your church, this is your storehouse. So be faithful in our giving. Be faithful in our serving. Sometimes it's hard to serve. I know that. I've been going here for a long time, not because of this church, but I know that I've been going here for a long time. I've been serving in churches for a long time, and some days I'm, like, not excited. This morning I was like, eh, okay, we'll see what happens, God. But then after we sang worship, I was like, how can I not be excited? God said that he's going to, whatever the enemy meant for destruction, he's going to turn it for good. And something inside of me just, like, clicked. and was like, yes, God, that's exciting things. Those are exciting things to be a part of. Serve, plug in, get connected, see how you can serve your local church and beyond, but let's, how can I serve the local church to be able to move the gospel even further? And the last thing is obedience to what God is calling us to do. Be faithful in the obedience God is calling you to, just like we heard from Stephanie. That was hard, a hard phone call. And her and I were keeping each other accountable because God called me to do something that was super really hard as well. And she, I was like, how did your phone call go? How did your phone call go? And we were going, she's like, I haven't done it yet. I'm like, you need to do it and be faithful with God told you to do. And, and it's, we need to hold each other accountable. But like being, once we're faithful in our obedience to our calling, God will open doors. He will open doors for us. I'm going to have the uh, worship team come up. And I just want to... Read one more passage of scripture. I know. It's good for us. We need to read our Bible. Some of This is some of the Bible reading. Some of you guys only do is on Sunday. So I want to make sure you get it today, okay? Um, sorry, was that too real? Um, anyways, okay. So Luke 6, 46 through 49. And this is all about doing what in our obedience, this idea of obedience. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? That sounds like a parent thing to me. It was like, I've already told you 900 times. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, do, and not do what I tell you? 47, Any, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building his house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And then when the floods rose and the stream broke against the house, it could not be shaken because it had been built well. But the one who hears and does not do them is like the man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the streams broke against it, immediately it fell and ruin of the house was great. The ruin of the house was great. How do you build your house on the foundation of the rock? Read your Bible. Pray. Spend time with God. So that when we're building our, found, our, building our church house, when the rains come, when the storms come, and they come, and they will come, that it will stand and not be shaken because we already have laid our foundation on the rock, Jesus Christ, and we have been spending time with him. We are reading his word. We are, we are praying to him. We are standing on the promises that we know he has given us, and we come together as a community, as a fellow community of believers, and we are like, no way. We are not going to be shaken. We are not going to move. We are going to stand firm because we know that we are in this together in unity. And in order for us to move forward, we need to wake up. We need to wake up because God does, does want a, a revival. I believe that we will see one. I do believe we will have one. But we must walk in obedience and prepare our house, prepare our hearts for those God is going to bring to us that is going to help usher in that revival.
He's going to bring people in to help usher that in that revival. He's going to use our youth to usher in that revival. He's going to use our children and our youth, and he's going to use us. He's going to use, he's going to use us all, but I do believe this next generation, there is something special about this next generation. I'm, I'm literally not just saying that because I'm the youth pastor. I would say it no matter what. I've heard them cry out to God. I've seen them in worship. I have seen God speak to them. They have shared with you guys words that God had shared with them at camp, how this is nothing I've ever felt before. This is how God speaks to me. You know, Josh shared last week that he just heard, I'm worth it, I'm worth it, and I'm worth it. And God is building on those things. And he's using leaders, and he's using word, and he's using worship, and he's using all the things to teach them how to build their foundation strong. Are you going to take part in that? Are you going to take part in that? Because you can in lots of different ways. So today, are you pursuing him with all your heart? Because I can be honest and say that I don't always. I'm always so busy and doing other things. Number two, as a church, are we being obedient? Are we being faithful with what God has given us? And are we ready for who he's going to bring that's going to come back home? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. God, I know this was hard to hear for some of us, God, and I know it was convicting for some of us, and some of us may be doing those things. God, and for those that are being faithful in those things, God, I just want to say I, I'm thankful for those, those who are praying and who are interceding for us who sometimes are not doing the things that we need to be doing. And I know that burden feels heavy, and I know that they cry out to you and they just want to see you move. But, God, we are not always being faithful. So, God, I pray that you will convict us to be faithful. God, I pray if there's anybody here today that just is like, I need to come back home. I need to do, I need to do the first step, God. I pray that you will um, talk to them, speak to them, touch their hearts, God. God, I pray that as we, um, as a church, God, say, you know, I'm going to commit to seeking him, praying, reading his word, get on my face before God and just cry out to him. God, remind us of who our, our first love with you. Remind us of the times when you spoke to us, spoke truth. Get, remind us of the visions, of the dreams, of the callings, God, that we may be pushed aside in busyness or the enemy may have stole or have snatched out. God, waken your people. Waken your people, God. I just want to see fire, a fire, God, and aliveness and a fire just walking in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.